Strengthen us and give us faith through it and fill us with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Um, so, we've been talking about the kingdom builders and uh, a lot of what I said so far uh, in, in the nuts and bolts of it is pretty much every time the Spirit of God stirs somebody's heart to build the kingdom of God, the enemy sends opposition. You know, and we've watched this in different uh, areas of the Bible, right? Uh, and uh, especially in Ezra and Nehemiah, those books, those final books of the Old Testament uh, in periods of times where they rebuilt the second temple. So the Spirit of God would stir people up to go do the work according to His will, and then the enemy would uh, stir people against them every time. Uh, we see the same thing in the New Testament. We see the same thing with Jesus. We see the same thing through the book of Acts. We see the same thing. Are y'all with me? Uh, these things are spiritual, and that's what I've been trying to uh, deliver to you for you to understand. Um, uh, and this is an ancient, ancient war that's in the Bible, you know. Uh, this is uh, all throughout history. This is what's going on. Uh, one of the most interesting things I was telling you about Moses and uh, how God sent Moses as a deliverer and uh, the enemy stirred up and tried to stop him from being born. Uh, but it also said in that text, it said that the more they oppressed the Israelites, the stronger they grew and they grew abundantly. Are you all with me on that? Uh, and that is a very interesting statement. You think, well, that's... Moses, praise God, of course, God's with Moses. But I want you to understand, when you study church history, you begin to see the same pattern in the Word of God. And uh, I find it very interesting how the Spirit of God still operates just like He does in the Bible. So a lot of times I go and I get a lot of information. And a lot of it comes from the Old Testament, because it's physical pictures of spiritual things. But I wanted to tell you one of the greatest builders of the church age, according to a book uh, called 60 People Who Shaped the Church. Are y'all with me? Y'all ready for this? Uh, how many knows that the church was heavily persecuted by the Roman Empire for nearly 300 years? Uh, in the year 280 A.D. to about 300 A.D. was a man named Diocletian. And how many knows he was named as one of the 60 people who shaped the church? And not for reasons like you would think. In that time, Diocletians persecuted the Christians to a degree of torture. Uh, have y'all ever seen the pictures of Jews being, Jews and Christians being fed to lions in the Colosseum and, uh, burned at stakes and all these things? Just like in the book of the Old Testament when they tried to oppress the children of Israel and they grew stronger and stronger and stronger and grew more and multiplied, the same thing happened in 280 to 300 A.D. The more they persecuted the Christians, the stronger and the bigger the church grew. And it's labeled in this book, and I thought to myself, that is the most genius those people understood the Word of God who wrote that that chapter in there about Diocletians, right? 
Are y'all still with you? Y'all good? Y'all getting this? Uh, basically what I'm saying, whatever the enemy does, you can't worry about that because at the end of the day, God is going to build His church. He's going to build His kingdom and the enemy cannot stop it out. Are you with me? So, we see in history that the very same thing, the enemy goes to persecuting and trying to kill the church and bury it and stop it from existence, but all it did was made it stronger. How many knows? Uh, right after that, the devil got intelligent and does what he always does. Uh, he actually became Christian. <laughs> Are y'all with me? Go read your church history. The people who started killing the, the Christians after that were Christians, supposed to be Christians. Are you with me? Because the enemy, the seed, was within the church. Uh, I'm not going to go through church history to explain that, but uh, I guarantee you, people under the name of church killed more people in the church than the Roman Empire did. Or it's, you know, uh, I want you to think about that for a minute. Uh, because, you know, this, you know, this situation with church uh, is a spiritual thing. And you have to understand that there's uh, names and titles and things and things, but it's really about the spirit that a person has. Are you with me? Uh, and I don't want you to ever uh, uh, take your eyes off the fact of it's by the spirit of God we build the kingdom of God. Are y'all with me? Alright, so I want to start by quoting Zechariah. The Holy Spirit stirred up Two prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, at the beginning of the rebuilding uh, in the book of Ezra. And this famous quote that you'll hear all the, a lot of the times actually comes from the book of Zechariah, which says, It's not by might, nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And I want you to understand that uh, he was talking to Zerubbabel. Zechariah was... Stirred up by the Spirit of God to prophesy to Zerubbabel, who was the uh, original builder of the first temple uh, we found in the book of Ezra, and, 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 and he's telling them, it's, it's not by might, it's not by strength, but it's by my Spirit, says the Lord. So, uh, part three today, we will build the kingdom of God by the Spirit of God. Those who worship God must worship God in spirit and in truth. Are you with me? Uh, I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 5. And uh, if you want to just follow along and listen to me speak, that's, that's fine. These people will throw books at me if I'm wrong. I bet you. I bet you. Uh... 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 5. And I want you to understand that the first king of Israel, Saul, didn't become the king of Israel by strength or might or things in the flesh. Are you with me? It was by the Spirit of the Lord. And uh, we know the saying, you know, where, where, where God tells Saul uh, after he removed his spirit from him, he says... Uh, when you were little in your own eyes, did I not make you the king of Israel? But I want you to read with me verse 5. 
This is Samuel speaking to Saul, telling him uh, the things before they happen as to how he's going to encounter God. Watch this. It says, And after that you shall come to the hill of God, where the Philistine garrison is. And it will happen when you have come there to the city that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high places with stringed instruments and tambourines, a flute and a harp before them. And they will be prophesying. Y'all with me? Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. Somebody say, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will be turned into another man. How many knows we need this Spirit of the Lord? To build the kingdom of God, we need the Spirit from God. Are you with me? Uh, and to be honest with you, the Bible says it like this. Uh, when you lift Jesus up, God will draw all men to Himself. Uh, and we know that at the cross, uh, God did a work in the spiritual realm that I believe a lot of people take for granted because it's a story we've heard since we were child, children, but you don't understand the principalities and the powers that were against us. And what God did on that cross, it was a legal transaction in the spirit. And he made a spectacle over the principalities. Now all power has been handed to the Christ. Do you understand? In the spirit world, he is king. In the physical world, he is still king. His kingdom is coming. Uh, and that is the things that I try to stress to you. I want to explain another part that uh, I found very interesting through studying history. Uh, and, and, and when you study history and then you study the Bible, you study history and you study the Bible and you're trying to put all these pieces together, you begin to see the patterns. The stuff in the Bible is in history, I'm telling you. Now, everything I've noticed about great moves of God, I've studied revivals because I absolutely love revivals. Uh, are y'all not fascinated with the revivals of, of, of history and uh, God moving upon men like me and you? Uh, John Wesley, you know, George Whitfield, all these men were moved by God to start what they've started. We're still here today. Are y'all with me? Uh, because of the revivals. Uh, because the Spirit of God stirring up men. And these men, uh, becoming great men of God, made a great impact in the earth. But I want to tell you what I've noticed about what happens in the spiritual realm and, and what happens to these movements and what, what's going on even to this day. It, it's, it's, it's still the same thing the enemy does. What will happen is the men who start these movements are full of the Holy Spirit, completely surrendered to God. Are you with me? And they uh, are, are God's servants on this earth. They are humble and full of the glory of God. Are you with me? And what, what happens is over time we try to mimic what they're doing, but we leave out the Spirit of God. Are you with me? Do you understand that that by itself is not, it's not how, it, how it's going to work? What it's going to become is a religion. I don't, it doesn't matter 
I'm telling you, every move of God I've ever seen has the potential to either be a great move still or a religion. And, uh, you know, the devil is very religious. And I'm telling you this for a reason, because the enemy sets up religions everywhere. And what he'll do is he'll go in and mimic what God is doing. And it'll be hard in the flesh to discern between the two. Are you with me? How many knows that in the days of Moses... Moses would sit all day long and judge the people because he had the Spirit of God upon him. Are you with me? His father-in-law comes in and says, Moses, what are you doing? What you're doing, you're going to wear yourself out and all of Israel will wear out with you. So what God did, uh, well, what, what, what was recommended was uh, that he take 70 people. Are you with me? 70 of the leaders of Israel. And God says, I'm going to take that Spirit that's on you, Moses, and I'm going to put it on these 70 leaders so they can help you judge. Are you with me? So this is what, uh, uh, you know, we see the Holy Spirit being transferred from Moses. The Spirit that was on Moses was transferred to these 70 people. And they become the judges of Israel. Are you with me? Uh, and then after this segment, we hear about the book Judges, Right? It's where God would come upon a person and they would rise up and become judge. But they had the Spirit of God. Are you with me? See, because what happened uh, with that movement, don't you know that those 70 men that were led by the Spirit of God in the days of Moses became the Sanhedrin. That crucified Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Why? They had the structure, but they didn't have the spirit of the Lord. Are you with me? I'm telling you right now, that's how this thing goes. Uh, and sometimes we get carried away with the structure and we forget that this whole thing's by the spirit of God. Uh, and, uh, the Sanhedrin, well, let me tell you, number one, what happened in the 400 years of silence. Are you with me? The 400 years of silence, which is called the instrumental period right before Jesus came. Uh, have you all ever heard of the Maccabean Revolt? Uh, the Maccabean Revolt was Jewish history. Um, it's not in our Bible. But... They pretty much, uh, during the, the, the times of the Maccabeans, it was about 200 B.C., uh, the Greeks came in and forced the Jews to put a gymnasium in the temple and to worship Zeus right alongside Yahweh. And how many knows uh, that some of the priests and, and people were okay with that? But then there was the Maccabeans who absolutely rebelled against it. And it, uh, you know, and you can find the, the Maccabees 1, Maccabees 2, and all this thing. So this kind of stuff is what's going on in the background. But I'm going to tell you, this is also what started uh, a lot of the uh, parties in the day when Jesus comes along. But there is the Pharisees who actually were split into two parties. Because some of them took after the revolt side and the other ones 
took after the political uh, power, and and they they were cool with Herod and uh, everything going on in that day. Uh, and we have uh, what's called the Herodians and the Zealots, and these are political parties. You know, uh, Rome had instituted a puppet king. Are you with me? And this puppet king uh, was the king of Israel, instituted by Rome. And then you were either with that or against that, right? So, so this kind of political situation is what was going on during all these times. Like, you're either with Rome or you're not. And that's what created the Essenes. They went out and lived into uh, 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 the desert all by themselves. You know, uh, they, they secluded themselves completely from uh, the world and Hellenization. Um, and then you have... Uh, uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, which make up the Sanhedrin. The Pharisees believed in the spiritual stuff. They believed in the books of the prophets. They believed in uh, angels. The, Sadduc- the Sadducees were more of the aristocratic side, and they didn't believe anything but the, the laws of Moses. But this is what makes up this Sanhedrin in the days of Jesus. Are you with me? It was half Pharisee and half Sadducee. I'm telling you all this stuff for a reason. Um, so when you understand the background of what's going on in the days of Jesus, and Jesus shows up, and all these uh, divisions and all these things have set themselves up, just like we do in the flesh too. Uh, he's walking into this politically charged atmosphere. He's walking into this religiously divided atmosphere, and he's uh, coming into a, a situation where there's this puppet king. But how many wants to know? Are y'all with me? Because you need to understand the things of God. Watch this. How many wants to know that when Jesus came on the scene, he didn't choose those 70 Sanhedrin men? Are y'all with me? God walked up and chose the lowliest of people. People who had no position. People who had uh, was ostracized by these same people who claimed to be the people of God. Are you with me? Uh, and, and God, uh, Jesus walked straight up to all the fishermen and the outcasts who were not a part of this aristocratic society and uh, were not these religious leaders. And how many knows that in the days of Jesus... God took the same spirit that was on Jesus and put it on 70 others. Are you with me? And they went out and did the work of God in the days of Herod. In the days where the religious society was set up, where everybody sees the religious society, and they see it like this is the prominent people, this is the uh, the churches. Look at these magnificent buildings. and uh, You know, these are the churches, right? But how many knows all of that is nothing without the Spirit of God? And I I just want to stress that point to you because that's what's going on all through history. People are surrendered to God, full of the Holy Spirit, and doing the work of God in the Spirit. They make a huge impact in the world, and then people after them, pretty much close to them, will keep the movement going in the Spirit. But at some point, the enemy enters in and they keep the 
everything they kept, but they keep it in the flesh and leave out the spirit and it becomes another religion. Are you with me? And this has happened 10,000 times throughout history. Uh, and, and, and see, the funny thing is this. It's not hard to become a move of God all over again. It's about submitting back to the kingdom of God. Humbling yourself and thus said the Lord by the Spirit of God. Are you with me? It's that simple. It's a heart thing. You humble yourself before the Lord. Pride and so many things rise up in us and we can't see the truth. But just like God told Saul, when you were little in your own eyes, I made you the king of Israel. All of these things are spiritual, don't you understand? You know why when Jesus showed up and you had these people who were keeping the law and they were doing everything, they even had 400 extra rules to make sure they kept the law. Are you with me? That seemed pretty pious. That seemed like a good thing. But you know what Jesus said? He says, you, you, you kept all these laws, but you forgot the weightier matters of the law. Love, justice, mercy. And then they seek it. Paul says it like this. They seek God by the law, and truly they have a zeal for God, but they did not seek it by faith. Uh, and I'm, I'm just I'm telling you these things so I can get you ready for the uh, rest of this message, uh, because it's 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 the truth. For ten years, when I study history, when I study the Bible, and I start putting it side by side, and I'm seeing, I'm like, wow, like something happened here. And you can just start seeing. You start seeing that, uh, you know, a lot of people don't even go to church anymore. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the Spirit of God left a long time ago in a lot of places. And they become hate, hateful, cruel. Uh, they reject people. They have society clubs and you're not part of this club. They have all this stuff that the Pharisees and them had. And all it is is a dead religion. How many knows, I, I personally, I want to be a part of the Holy Spirit's move. In the days when God moves in this earth, I want to be found on the right side of that movement. And that's with the Holy Spirit. We humble ourselves and receive the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God will transform us into what we are supposed to be. When you seek it any other way, you're not going to get there. Because it's not by might. It's not by strength. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. Are y'all with me? Uh, so, I want to take you to John chapter 11 real quick. Um, and once again, you can follow along with me and read it. And throw boots at me if I misquote it. Uh, or you can sit and listen and go study it afterwards. John chapter 11, verse 45. Because I need you to understand, with everything I just told you, and I need you to understand what exactly was going on in the minds of the hearts, and the hearts of the Pharisees, and the Sadducees, and the scribes, and the rulers of the people in that day, when Jesus Himself shows up, doing mighty, mighty miracles. And this particular passage just happens to be right after he raises Lazarus from the dead. 
And it's uh, John chapter 11, verse 45. Listen to this. This is amazing. This is amazing. Then many of the Jews who come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did, believed in Him. Praise God. Many of the Jews who come believed in Him. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them these things that Jesus did. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, what shall we do? This is, this is it, y'all. Listen to this. What shall we do? For this man works mighty signs. If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him. If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and this nation. So, do you see the issue in this scripture? What's in their hearts? Politics. They were stuck. Uh, see, they had uh, made an agreement. They are uh, the, the, the priests of Israel and they are all this, but they are with the party of these Romans. The same uh, uh, group of people that, that, that oppresses them and uh, they, they have the political money and power. And the whole reason they came against Jesus because they were afraid that if everybody believed in Jesus, they would lose their position of power. Their seats in the high places. You know, and I, I think about this and I think, man, I wonder how many people who get paid a lot of money to preach the gospel, won't speak the truth because they fear they will lose their position. I'm telling you, man, the things in this Bible are still today. This is relevant word for us today to understand the things of God. The question is, are we listening, reading, and seeking? Are you with me? And, uh, man, God will tell us. God will tell us the truth. God will teach us the truth. And, and we need to understand that God does things. God doesn't choose people by the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. Are you with me? We as humans, we attempt to judge everything in the flesh. How many knows that the same people who judge Jesus, this Sanhedrin, who judge Jesus, were judging in the flesh? But how many knows that the Bible says, uh, like Paul, who, who can judge us? We have the mind of Christ. Now what I've seen in today's time is the fact that everybody judges everybody, but nobody has the Spirit of Christ. There is the Holy Spirit within a person. When somebody is surrendered, that's why Jesus tells us, get the plank out of your own eye, then you can get the little bitty speck out of your brother's eye. Are you, are you understanding that it's religion? that oppresses and judges people like this? Jesus, the judge of all, the king of all, walked up to the worst sinners and healed them. And the, his reputation was this by the religious group. He hangs with sinners and tax collectors. Are y'all with me? You know... Um, I just want you to be aware and understand that 
uh, man, when we when we move by the Spirit of God and we we build the kingdom of God, it's not in our own strength. If you rely on and have confidence in your flesh, you're going to fail. This is why I failed twenty thousand times because at some point in my life, I attempt to try to do it and I got this. But how many knows? Praise God that after hard-headed people like me and hard-headed people like you go through it so many times, you begin to understand, I don't got this. But I know who does. Jesus Christ, my Lord. And what I can't do in the flesh, God will do in the Spirit if I put Him on the throne take myself off of it. Are you with me? Luke chapter 5, verse 19. I want you to, I'm going to uh, turn here, but I want to, I want to tell you something. Uh, what I've seen today in the church world, and, and not trying to condemn, but I want you to understand, the whole church world in America is, is really supported by the almighty dollar. You take the dollar bill at a church, and most of the churches fall. And I'm not saying any particular denominations, any particular religion. I'm just saying what I've seen as a whole, that people think that if it's got a lot of money in it, and they're moving money all over the world, that they're that, that's the Spirit of God, and they're blessed, and they're doing the work of the Lord. Are you with me? You know it's easy to, to get into that mind frame, because that's what you think in the flesh. Wow, God is really blessing them. Wow, you know, that pastor's got a million dollar house, and uh, you know, he they, he's just blessed by the Lord. And that's what we think. But I want to tell you something real quick because I need you to understand something. How many knows that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the people who ran the temple were real good at running money through the temple? Are y'all with me? They were real good at it. They were selling everything. Praise God. They, they had the best clothes. They had the best robes. They were selling everything. They were selling uh, the doves for sacrifices. And Jesus comes in there and flips over the table. We're like, man, Jesus is crazy. What's He doing? It's like, man, that don't seem like that's right. But He says, My Father's house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And I turn the TV on and I see these people selling prayer cloths and I see send this much money to my ministry and praise God, you're going to be blessed times 10 this weekend. Adulterers. I'm just saying what I see. Because it's the truth. We have been given over to uh, a lot of these things that we, we call it the things of God. And it's not the things of God. How many knows the enemy knows how to Slip right on into the church. Can you see? Is the question. Can you see? Do you have the eyes to see? And that's what we need. We need the eyes to see. We need the Spirit of God with us. Because my eyes will deceive me. Are you with me? Luke chapter 5 verse 19. And this is actually the last scripture. I'm doing good, I think. I did say, are you with me a bunch? But, you know, praise God, you know. Uh, I'm trying. My sister got on to me this weekend. She watched my video. Stop saying that. I wish I could. 
I promise I would like almost be a really good speaker if I could quit, but I'm just going to let the Lord work through me and keep working, you know. Luke chapter 5, verse 9, because I need you to see this. Very important. Because there's really like two, two different types of people in the world. Luke chapter 5, uh, let's start at verse 17. It says, Now it happened on a day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by, who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Uh, and I just want to point out the fact that these Pharisees, the, the teachers, and all the prominent people of that day, the, the religious community, had come together where Jesus was. Uh, they had traveled from Judea, uh, Jerusalem, and Galilee, and it says the power of the Lord was present to heal them. It says, Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to them, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, and saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sin but God? I wanted to show you this because there's actually a magnificent picture in the Word of God. And the Bible does this over and over and over again. More times than I can count. So basically what's going on is all the religious leaders from that time was come and they, they were, they're at where Jesus is. He's inside this house and, uh, you know, the power of God was present to heal people. And, uh, you know, we know from the rest of the Scriptures that they were there to stump Him up. They were there to catch Him in His words. They wasn't there to say, wow, praise God, this is the Son of God. Are you with me? They were there to secure their position. Because they, they wanted to catch them up. Uh, and it presents this beautiful picture. And there's another place where, uh, you know, Jesus is talking to these scribes and He's talking to these teachers and He's like, you, have the, uh, you don't have the key of knowledge and you brought those people from going in. Other people from going in. And so you have this picture of this big old house, or I don't know how big it was, but all these people from all over the place are in there. And they blocked off every entrance trying to come see Jesus just to criticize. Trying to come see Jesus just to catch Him up. And then there was a, a, a group of people that had come probably far away to bring this man in front of Jesus because they heard about this Jesus. They heard about this man who can raise the dead and heal the blind. Cast out demons. Are you with me? So they heard about this man and they get there and then all the religious community is blocking the doors. And what happens is, in the, even, even in our time, the religious and spiritual community 
will block the people who actually need God, who need healing from God. And they will keep them on the outside. Are you with me? And that's what the devil does. Are you with me? But how many knows? Some people in this earth have got faith. Faith from God. And they love people so much that they're willing to do whatever it takes to get people in the presence of Jesus. And I pray that we become a people that aren't scared to do things unorthodox. Praise God. And if we have to, we'll rip the roof off of this place to get people in the presence of Jesus. Are you with me? I ain't turning, I ain't turning the roof down or nothing. I'm just trying to make a statement here. You know, like, we, we need to be those people so fired up and full of faith that we will do whatever it takes to get people into the presence of Jesus. We don't need to be the righteous judges who judges everybody who walks in the door, who criticizes every move of God that, that comes about. Every move of God that come about in the earth in those days was criticized by the religious crowd and by the rest of the world. Don't you know? Most of the time, it ain't even until after they're dead and gone that they're appreciated for who they really were. Because we judge, we criticize, and we're judging in the flesh. We're the judges of everybody in the flesh. Man, our generation is the world's worst. We've got a judgment for everything. How many knows that Jesus says if you would judge yourself, you wouldn't be judged? And we need to understand to humble ourselves uh, and be filled with the Spirit so that we can have the mind of Christ in everything we do. Praise God. And I pray that revival comes to this church. But revival starts in the heart. Are you with me? It starts with the people who, who seek God with a whole heart. Willing to do what the Lord says, no matter how crazy they look, no matter uh, uh, who's going to criticize them. We're going to build the kingdom of God. Are you with me? And I want to end this message uh, of the kingdom builders in this way because I need you to understand that we can have a thousand bodies in this church. But where's your heart at? Where's your faith at? Is it in a bunch of dead religions? Or is it in the mighty God who can heal the heart, the mind, the soul, the body? Because that's where the revival is going to be. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Praise God. How many knows we need that Spirit? We keep trying to do it in the flesh, but we need the Spirit of God. We need it every day. Every time I preach, every time I do anything for the Lord, I need the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Just like everything you do for the Lord, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord God, thank You so much just for being with us today, Lord God. We, we, we thank You for all the grace and mercy You have shown us, Lord God. and Your ability to Leave the 99 to go find the one, Lord God, and snatch them up, Lord. We, we, we praise You for that heart, that love that's not willing to let anyone perish. I pray that You just be with us, Lord God, as we journey through and teach us to follow Your Word, Lord God, and be Your disciples. 
Teach us to be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. Teach us to build our house on the rock. That when the storm comes, we can stand. I pray that you just be with each and every one of the families that are not here right now, Lord God, and each of our family members, Lord God. And I pray that you just lift us up and draw us into your Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Love y'all.